Hello and welcome to Lady Charms Live, the official podcast by yours truly, Charmika Honis. This podcast is a platform for open and honest discussions about real life issues where people will share real stories. Lady Charms Live seeks to motivate, to inspire, to inform and to educate. Now for months I have been delaying the launch of this podcast, pushing it aside for more reasons than one until a friend of mine reached out to me with a story that she needed to share. And she requested that I assisted her, helped her rather, in sharing her story. And it was in that moment that I decided not to delay further because this was the push I really needed to pursue this passion I've always wanted to. The scripture says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and that is why I always trust his timing and allow him to lead. So having said that, with October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month and having lost my mother to this dreaded illness four years ago, I have since become an advocate for the cause. And during the month of October, which happens to be the same month my mother passed, I really put much effort into supporting breast cancer awareness initiatives. Therefore, it was only fitting to premiere this podcast during this special month and more so on my mother's birthday, this very day, October 3, with a touching story titled Diagnosed at 29. This episode chronicles the journey of a 29-year-old woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer during the first trimester of her pregnancy. Now, my guest today is a mother a wife, a child of God, a vivacious individual, and simply a beautiful soul. I guarantee you that to know her is to love her. We went to school together, so this may come as a shocker to most of our schoolmates who are listening, but her story is not intended to shock or to scare. Her story is really to inform you that cancer can affect anyone regardless of age, class, or status. So she's here with us to share her story. Welcome, Tara Morgan Montague. Hi, Tara. How are you? Hi, Sharmika. Thank you so much for joining. I mean, it's really a pleasure to have you sharing your story for the first time on Lady Charms Live. I recall, Tara, when you, you broke the news to me that Thursday night, Mm-hmm. I sat on my patio for a while and I reflected on how far we have come. We met each other over 15 years ago and we have gone through so many changes in life. But this change was was totally unexpected. So today we're really going to have an authentic discussion about pregnancy-associated breast cancer. What made you decide to go public with your story at this time? Well, you know, Shami, I think it's only fitting. Um, as you said earlier, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, you know. And if I were to be truly honest about what has been missing from my healing, from my journey, from my coping, is the fact that I was not able to speak to another mother who went through her pregnancy fighting breast cancer. Um, 
I'm pretty sure that there are Jamaican moms out there who would have gone through it, but Cancer Society didn't have anyone to put me on to. And for all my doctors that I've worked with so far, um, my situation was very unique to their practice, you know? So, and we're in a pandemic year too, Mm -hmm. so, right. So, you know, it was just, I felt alone in that aspect. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I say the healthcare professional in me as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a sense of obligation where I feel the need to educate, to to just bring awareness because we hear about breast cancer. To be honest with you, Mm-hmm. Not that it's very far fetched, but I had no idea. No idea. And I mean, Tar, I was just about to get to that. When I was preparing for our interview this morning, I did a bit of research and I found out mm-hmm. that the average age for women with PABC is 32 to 38 years. No, exactly. you and I, we're just 29 years old. Exactly. So, with that in mind, though, cancer can affect anyone at any age breast cancer is the furthest thing from the mind of a 29 year old in fact medical experts even deny us from taking mammograms i remember when mommy died i got so frantic and i wanted to do a mammogram and i Mm -hmm. checked with several doctors and they're like no your breast tissues are too dense for this procedure and this is why it's important to get tested early Early detection saves lives. We hear that all the time. The the tagline, early detection saves lives, is real. You know, my doctors, my oncologist was quite pleased, you know, to know that we were so proactive and we came in with a stage one diagnosis. And, uh, you know, based on the research and the science out there, it's actually 100% curable. So I would encourage every young woman who is hearing hearing our conversation today, Sharmika, to just be assertive and be proactive. You see a change in your body, jump on it and go and go and get answers. Very good. So in essence, people Tara is basically telling you, enough feel upon a titty them. That's basically. it in a nutshell. Touch them. And basically. women need to be proactive with their bodies. I Just to go off on a tangent a bit, I know of people who have never, or women who have never gone to a gynecologist. And for the life of me, I cannot understand how is it that you're sexually active and you don't do your regular visit, you don't get your checkup. So, your pap smear. Exactly. These things are important. I prefer to spend money on my health than anything else. So, that is the message Taro is bringing across that. Early detection saves lives. Women and men too go out, do your examinations and know what is happening in your bodies. How did you find out about your diagnosis? And is it invasive or non-invasive type of cancer? It's non-invasive. Okay, um, just to answer that question off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found out and it's funny, you know, Sharmika, I have no family history. So you're talking oh, about boy. the age factor, but mm-hmm. let's also look at the family history. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no direct link. Like we we spent 
my mom and I, we, we spoke about it in so much detail, trying to trace where this thing could be coming from. And when I brought it to the doctor's attention, he, I remember him saying to me, no, man, that's too far. It's basically not in your family. Oh, boy. So let's put that out there as well. But one morning I woke up mm-hmm. and I saw a spot on my bralette. I didn't feel a lump, you know. And how, many, said, how far along were you in the pregnancy? Month two, I, month three? I, I didn't know I was pregnant yet. So oh, I was yeah. About, yeah, so I was about five-ish weeks, mm-hmm. right? So I called my OBGYN and I said to him, I'm seeing this spot. I'm not comfortable with it. Um, You know, let's check it out. And he said, okay, come in and refer you to a general surgeon so we can... Mm-hmm. Do a biopsy because maybe it's something happening with your duct, right? Mm-hmm. So I went in and uh, scheduled with the general surgeon who saw it and was like, hmm, it seems as if you have a papilloma growing in the central duct. No palpable masses, mm-hmm. no lymph nodes enlarged. So I said, okay, let's take out this duct. And then a few days after that, I started feeling queasy. So I you said, knew this, something right. This feeling is a little <laughs> familiar from the first pregnancy. So I said, let me do a pregnancy test. Lo and behold, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I called my OBGYN and I said, look here, game changer. No, I am pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this said, point, okay. no, you're thinking that, okay, that spot that I saw in my bralette would it's have been as, as a, a result. result of, oh boy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I um so he said to me, still do the biopsy, and that's why I have to love my OBGYN. Who is that? Sorrow. That's Dr. Abraham. Oh my Abraham. <laughs> yes. So he said, you know, you're still gonna do the biopsy, but I don't want it to go under general anesthesia in your first trimester. Mm-hmm. So let us delay it until your second trimester. So that pushed me back a few weeks, and I ended up doing the biopsy in January. You know, results take a little while to come back, and I got the results. So while you were waiting, Tara, I don't mean to cut you. While you were waiting, you still, I mean, you would not be thinking along the line of breast cancer. You're just thinking that, okay, it's the baby that's growing inside of me that's causing all of this. You had no idea. Right. At first, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, at first when I saw the, the bloody discharge, it was a brownish red. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, this is not normal. And a person said to me, you know, like within my family, oh, it's hormonal or it's a remnant of, you know, breastfeeding from your previous pregnancy. pregnancy. You know, there were a lot of little tales, but I, I, I was not settling on that. I wanted to know what was wrong. But then when I found out no, that I was pregnant, I said, hmm, I wonder that's what's causing, causing it. it. So I, it kind of made me relax a, a little bit, bit because you know pregnancy hormones varies from pregnancy. And your breast is the first yeah, the, part of your exactly. body to change, really, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. But so I um I we, we went forward and did the the biopsy. The biopsy. Mm-hmm. All right. So biopsy out of the way. You're waiting on your results now. You finally get that call. I know that news of cancer is normally greeted with shock. Yeah. And while this might sound a bit cliche, tell us how did you feel in that moment? I mean, what was your reaction when you heard that? Listen. 
This is cancer. I recall vividly walking into Dr. Wellington's office with my mom and mm-hmm. hearing that news. So when you broke it to me, Tara, to tell you, to be honest, how I felt in that moment, I can just imagine you. So share with us, how did you feel? How did you react on hearing the news? Charmiga, one word, I was just numb. And I think the surgeon picked it up because he said to me, let's say I went in on a Monday for the results and he took, my husband was with me and he told us, he was reacting, my husband was reacting, Mm -hmm. holding on to the chair handle, rubbing my back. And I was just numb. I was just staring in space because... Speechless. Speechless, completely. And I remember the surgeon said to me, you can, here's the report. You know what it is saying. Take it. You can go home and in another couple of days, make an appointment and come back. I think he realized Lies. that I was not in the moment. It's like you, you can't even really, is this really happening? I'm sure that is was it? your reaction. Like, what is this? Trust me. And, and you know what? There's just this very thin line between acceptance and denial. And for the past couple of months, I was just flickering between the two. But you know, when it hit me, like a brick in the face, Charmiko, when I was preparing for surgery and the doctor was writing up a blood request form to do some blood tests, Mm -hmm. he wrote my name. I was watching him and he wrote my name, Tara Montague, he wrote my age, Mm -hmm. 29 and then on the line that says diagnosis, he wrote breast DA. <sighs> and that's when I broke because I saw my name and I saw the diagnosis. Sis. And it was just staring me in the face. And then knowing what you're going in to do. I mean, yeah. you're here today, nice, confident, you're 29 years old. Now you're on the cusp of, you know, everything that this is two weeks after my birthday this was in february yeah because your birthday is the second of february and then two weeks after to be greeted by such new it's almost as if your world is coming like shattering in front of your eyes yep yep so you go in for surgery Mm. and share with us you did a mastectomy right i did you went in for surgery surgery completed you are out. Tell us more. What has the surgery been like? What has life been since then? I'm not even there yet, to be honest. I was just so focusing on, uh, I need to have a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going under gener- general anesthesia again during this pregnancy. I was just so worried about my unborn child. I can imagine. That was the, and I'm still not even at the point where I am thinking about what life is going to be like mm-hmm. without the breast. You're I'm not thinking about Yuri and, and Kyrie. Thank you. And uh, trust me, God is so good because when I see that I was able to give birth to a healthy, healthy baby, baby boy. Trust me, that regardless of God, all of what you went through, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is really, really, really what was on my mind. That's what was on my mind. So maybe eventually I'll get 
up to speed. I have a very good surgeon though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not worried. I'm not thinking about, I just want to be healthy, healthy and, and I want to see your boys be grow, able to, to raise, take care of your kids. Yes, to raise my kids and be with my family. Good. That's what's most it's important, important. So me. it's not about having a birth or doing Body reconstructive image. surgery. Mm-hmm. You have a supportive husband who loves you and it's all about mm-hmm. your family now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, yep. how has the journey been juggling motherhood? You have two young boys. You're a wife. You're still working. I assume you're still working, right? I am. Okay. On maternity leave still, but yes. Mm-hmm. But how has the journey been juggling motherhood, your wifely duties, and chemotherapy? So, first of all, my family comes first. And if it's one thing that cancer will do to you, it's for you to appreciate what truly matters. And it gives you this new sense of appreciation for time. So, Mm -hmm. what's most important to me is ensuring that every single day, they feel my love and mm-hmm. I have a demanding two-year-old. I can so, imagine. I've seen you. <laughs> Yuri is a handful. And I'm telling you, there are days when I'm tired and I'm out of it. And I'm hearing you Yuri come. in the background now. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> how appropriate. <laughs> and I, he will come and he wants to do blocks. And I'm not in the mind frame to do mm-hmm. blocks. And, you know, but since this life-changing event, it does not matter what I am doing. I will turn off the stove. I will end the phone call. Mm -hmm. I will stop what I am doing. And all it takes is 10 minutes to allow him to feel that mommy is Mm -hmm. spending quality time with him. And I will build blocks with him. A lot has changed for me, but at the end of the day, I think once you have your support Mm -hmm. and you prioritize, that is really helping me through. I just need them to feel my love every single day. And I am I am okay with that. And no more than ever, you have to give off your time. Because yes. if, as you rightly said earlier, one thing cancer will teach you is to cherish the things that truly matter. And family, outside of mm. everything else, is what really matters. Now, before we go to the break, let me share with you some info on pregnancy-associated breast cancer, PABC. PABC is normally diagnosed during pregnancy or in the first postpartum year. Breast cancer affects approximately 1 in 3,000 pregnant women and is the second most common malignancy affecting pregnancy. The average age of women with PABC is 32 to 38 years. Only 6.5% of all cases of PABC affect women over the age of 40. As more women are delaying childbearing and as breast cancer rates continue to rise, more cases of PABC are anticipated. Most women with PABC present with a painless mass in the breast or thickening of the breast skin. Delays in diagnosis are likely due to pregnancy-induced breast changes, such as engorgement, that often make it difficult to differentiate a mass from a normal breast in a pregnant woman. We will go to a short break, and when we return, we hear more about Tara's journey with breast cancer. Stay tuned. 
Designer Home Solutions is your number one choice for the sale and installation of garage doors, gate openers, storm shutters, camera systems, general construction, and much more. Visit us at Shop 9 Q Villa Plaza, 5-7 Villa Road in Mandeville. Telephone 876-328-8615 or 876-6130983. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit designerhomesolutionsja.com. Designer Home Solutions, Creations beyond your expectations. Welcome back. You've been listening to Diagnosed at 29, the Tara Montague story. Before the break, Tara took us through her journey with pregnancy-associated breast cancer since being diagnosed in February of this year. So as we prepare to close, I just have a few more questions for you, Tara. Mm -hmm. Cancer patients usually go through rigorous lifestyle changes such as modifying their diets what have you been doing differently since being diagnosed any lifestyle changes uh so Sharmika the lifestyle was not horrible to begin with because I know you are a gym freak you eat properly so tell me I I honestly what I've been doing I've just been more appreciating life, more about the kind of energy I let in. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said to you, there's just this new sense of purpose, perception for time and for purpose. Mm-hmm. Where the diet is concerned, definitely it can be tweaked some more. And I just need to be more consistent and more disciplined. But I think the the groundwork was already in place. In place. So it's not as if you had a bad lifestyle to begin with. Because, I mean, I've known you for several years. Yeah, you've been exercising, you're eating right, you don't smoke, you don't consume too much. You might have a glass of wine here and there. So it's nothing outside of the ordinary you know, where people exactly. with breast cancer, you know, tell you over and over, oh, do you have a history of alcohol abuse and all of that? Right. But as you right. said, purpose, you have now found a new sense of purpose, appreciating your time, your family mm-hmm. and all of that. But exactly. What goes through? <laughs> I know this question might be tough. But I want you to be as open as possible. Take some time. Think about it if you don't want to answer off the bat. What goes through your mind daily since being diagnosed? Hmm. The raw honesty is uh, the length of my life. There's just something about being diagnosed with cancer and uh, it affects your perception of time. So you you keep hearing me talk about time. Mm -hmm. Time is very important to me now. You get me? And uh, we all, uh, I don't know how many young persons really thinks about what's going to happen to them or their family or their loved ones if they were to pass on. When we're this age, all we're, all we're set on, you know, we have to get goals. Mm-hmm. We have to travel here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not even thinking that life can change in a 
instant. In the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. And I think, you know, it has done something to me that it, I welcome it. I embrace it. And uh, I am at a better place now. Earlier in the journey, it, it was very stressful. And I, I would find myself crying a lot. But the last several months have brought countless reminders of God's faithfulness in my life and in the life, you know, the lives of my loved ones. And during the most difficult days, there have been moments of unexplainable peace that I can mm. only attribute to God. So wonderful. Yeah. There's just this renewed faith. And I mm. think that is what is giving me the peace that I have now. Beautiful. And Tara, I can relate so much to to what you have said just now. Having my mother around, and it's almost mm -hmm. as if it's the same kind of thing. You put it, you summed it up perfectly, and that is where she was. I can understand where you are at this point in life. You, As you said, it's just the raw truth that you just don't know when mm -hmm. but cancer is not and that is what I don't want you to dwell on I know it can be stressful and you know cancer feeds yeah. on stress but I don't want you to dwell too much on it as if it's a death sentence we have seen yeah. many persons recover and mm -hmm. as you rightly said you want to remove all elements of toxicity in your life you want to just stay focused you want to embrace life you want to foster positivity at all times and that is what you need in that moment so i'm happy that you are at exactly. that place mentally yes. and mm -hmm. emotionally now mm -hmm. support is really important during the fight what is your support system like so my support system, I don't even know where to begin. Again, I am a family girl. So if you know me, you know I am big on, you know, my family. I love them. I my I have I'm married to my best friend. So we discuss nice. all of what is going on and no topic is off limit. Mm -hmm. And it's good when you can become vulnerable mm -hmm. and uh, just share what's truly on your heart. Mm -hmm. um, so Joseph is, uh, is, is just awesome. He is, uh, you know, he really is. And it's actually good when you can relate to your partner and your partner can relate to you because, you know, many persons fighting, you have heard it over and over, failed relationships, because of yeah. cancer. I've seen it happen where spouses oh. just get up and say, you know, I can't bother. What am I going to do because she have cancer? But when you have a supportive partner, you have to give it. Him. Really it really, really yeah. helps. Yeah, man. Yeah, for real. And I'm really happy for that. So you have Joseph in your corner as a tower string. Yes. You have your kids who keep you smiling. I've seen your Trust Instagram posts every morning. Yuri, <laughs> Yuri. Sometimes I wonder if Yuri is processing. Uh, 
if he, you know, if he's sensing what's going on, because there are days, especially early on when I was pregnant, when I would be an emotional wreck, and Yuri would come and uh, try to console me. It's like, mm. mommy, you have a boo boo. Really? Know? Yes. Trust me, Sharmika, you would have to see it to believe it. And he would say things like, don't I have pictures of Yuri with a stethoscope because he clearly Aww. thinks I am ill. He's really? trying to be my and he's doctor, come like a doctor and telling me, um, don't worry, mommy, Yuri's here. Don't worry. So we have Joseph, we have Yuri, you have my mom. Your mom. <laughs> Girl, if I get the flu. Your mommy is there. My mommy pack up and come and from Saint Elizabeth. Don't I know this? That soup, <laughs> and she right? bring in the box with the scenty things. <laughs> Thank you. So we're not talking about the flu now. We're talking about cancer. So I don't mm-hmm. even need to tell you about her presence and about her support. She has been. And I meant to awesome. ask you. I don't want to quote you, though, Tara. But mm-hmm. before it slips me, mm-hmm. cancer. In a pandemic, I mean, you can have cancer, but having cancer in the midst of all that is going on, I mean, that's an underlying condition you now have. So doing chemo and all of that, having to leave your home to go to the treatment facility, what is that like? I mean, it must, tell me. The, the paranoia is there. Uh, we've had to, as a family, you know, discuss what our... Um, strategy will mm-hmm. be like going out and uh, you know because we all know and then it's not even just me but there's also a two-month-old baby mm-hmm. so we have to just be extra careful um but as also we our mental health is very very important so we mm-hmm. try to balance it and still getting some fun some relaxation and we try to come out of the house but we're always very strategic with it you know mm-hmm. but I don't want to forget to mention those Sharmika, my siblings. Mm. Yes. Go ahead my and make them a man. Have, yeah, man. <laughs> and you know what my sister did? When, we, when it got to the point where I needed to cut my hair, we made an event out of it. And we did a conference call and my sister shaved her head. Mm. My two brothers shaved their heads as well. And mm. Joseph was growing his hair and so he that he could too. participate. And you know, because of that, it's like everybody has a bald head. So I am just so comfortable with my bald head. Mm-hmm. Um, Daddy has a bald head. So it's like a, so it's a little family. thing. It's a whole family thing. <laughs> and that is the kind family. of support. That is the kind That's of support, support you need. To go yeah. through. I remember when, when mommy died and I wanted, well, you know that I have cut my hair. And that right. was part of it as well. That's part of the reason I decided to. Go ahead and, and mind you, I'm not bald, but in time, maybe in solidarity, yeah. yeah, it's significant. So yeah, have a little family thing going on, and that's really good because that's the kind of support you mm-hmm. need at this time. You really need the support, and I'm happy that your family has stood in the gap for you at this time. Yeah. No, Tara. Before before we go, you you have said a lot, and I'm elated that you chose this platform to share your story and to raise awareness for other young women who might think that oh at 29 which cancer 
get no cancer. Right? And I mean, you exactly. had no family history. So that was the furthest thing from your mind. So I'm really grateful that you chose to go public for the first time with your story. But before we go, I want you to leave us with the final word. I just want to reiterate, Sharmika, that my current situation will not determine the rest of my life. It is but a hurdle. There are lots of lessons to learn from it. And I honestly believe that God is also using me as an instrument to inspire mm -hmm. and to be there for someone because my story eventually will become someone else's survival guide. Nice, that I is, like that. That is my purpose. Yes. Say that again for time. That, that's good. <laughs> I like that Say that again. <laughs> My, my story, what we're doing here today, may very well become someone else's survival guide. I wish I had a mother to speak to earlier in the year to just say to me, you know what? You're going to be okay. My child is now seven or eight mm -hmm. or 15 in high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look at us now. And he was born or she was born healthy and strong and you know, and you're going to live to come and see your children. And I wish I had that. that. So I'm putting it out there that I would love for anyone to reach out to me in the event. Hope it not. But, you know, you get what I'm and saying. And persons hearing this story, I mean, we're going to share it across several platforms. So it will get across to another woman who might be experiencing the same thing and is either afraid to come out or feeling down. And as you rightly put it, it might just be another woman's survival story yes. or survival mm. guide or kit. That's what you said. <laughs> but I want young women to, to be assertive, you know, know your body. Mm -hmm. When you see a change, don't delay it. Don't use the cliche um, statements out there to, to comfort yourself. Um, you know, and watch it. Be assertive, be proactive, and get sorted out. You know, it's better you go and you hear, oh, nothing to worry about. And tell you? in another five years, you regret not. Mm -hmm. But you for know. persons, though, you know, I just want to share for young women who are not able to do mammograms, there is a test that can be done. I've done it where they do uh, it's something similar to an x-ray not quite an x-ray but they take a photo they put your boob in a machine it's not as hard on the breast as i understand the mammogram is and then they take a picture and they will spin that picture or the graphic rather to pick up any abnormalities the test is quite expensive if you don't have health insurance but i mean it's better to know than not know so True. i don't recall i did the test about three years ago i don't mm -hmm. recall at the moment the name of the place that does it but it can be done and then mm -hmm. they'll pick up the abnormalities and if they sense anything then they will recommend you to another specialist and take it from there so right. as you put it we don't want women who believe that, okay, cancer only affects certain people of a certain age, but no. we need to be in the know. It's our bodies. I mean, we 
only have one life to live, so we just need to take care of the bodies that God has given us. Thank you so much for sharing your story today, Tara. As we close, I want to encourage you and others who are battling cancer not to lose hope as the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Don't be discouraged as cancer isn't the end of life since cancer itself is toxic and taxing on the body. Now isn't the time to feed into negativity. Tara wanted to let go of toxic people, toxic things, toxic places, embrace positivity and live life to the fullest. No more than ever is when you're going to live your best life. Find a support system that will aid you in relieving the stress associated with cancer. And I pray for your strength and for those fighting along with their families that God will see them through this journey. Tara, you are a beautiful soul. Your story was just so beautiful. And I thank you for sharing. I mean, not many persons would have this courage to really come out publicly, but you have taken that bold step and I appreciate it. It shows that you are at a place where you are emotionally stable, you're mentally stable, and life only gets better for you from here. So you're loving your family. You have found a renewed sense of purpose, and that is what truly matters. Thank you, Tyro. This has been episode one of Lady Charms Live. Our guest today was Tara Morgan Montague, who shared her story diagnosed at 29. Be sure to read more about Tara's journey with pregnancy-associated breast cancer, coming soon in the Gleaner's Flare. Do you or someone you know have a story to share? Contact Lady Charms Live via email at charm underscore at live.com or Instagram at L-A-Y-D-E-E underscore S-H-A-R-M-Z. Episodes will broadcast on anchor.fm slash charms. Join me again next time for another interesting episode. Until then, stay safe and be blessed.
understand.